I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Welcome, 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 AfterBuzzers. I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of the AfterBuzz TV White Lines After Show. My name is Rob. I will be uh, helming. I will be at the helm for this episode, but I'm not alone. I have two co-captains here. I have Allie and I have Ashman. How are you all doing? Good. So good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And did so. I love this episode. Hopefully, you guys do it. But we're going to get into that in just a moment. Uh, so first, let's talk about. Um, overall thoughts what, what what were you guys thinking about that Ali I'll let you go first okay yeah um overall I think that we're in for a really great season I think we're already starting off with so much background information which uh is there's a lot going on but I think it set this the first episode set up the show really really well I'm loving our girl Zoe um the cast is fabulous the cinematography is great it's just gorgeous um, so overall, I'm really, really excited for the show. Okay, okay. And what about you, Ashman? I'm going to have to totally agree. Like, I'm so excited for all the episodes to come. Like, episode one, I was, like, surprised they int introduced so many different characters. And so there's a lot going on and a lot of people to follow. But I think they did such a great job just kind of in the introduction, but keeping the plot the same, like, Obviously, um, Axel Collins is the one that everyone wants to know about. So we see how many different people are all on this mission. And uh, I think we're going to get a lot of revealing things about each person involved. So awesome, yes. awesome intro. Yes. And I had a great time with it as well. And now my great time is a little bit different because there was some cheese and I was just laughing at the cheese that we were getting and some of these good soapy moments like I felt like, like I was going to see somebody take a wine glass and slam it to the floor and walk out. Like I, I really, we really had some good, uh, some good soap moments in there. But also, uh, we definitely had some really dark comedic tones going on here. And I hope that this show will explore these dark comedic tones all the way to the roots of it and keep us engaged for the whole time. Which I believe it, but. I would like to put that, you know, that hope out there still. Um, so, yeah. So real quick, I just for everybody watching and those listening, um, there will be some spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, I would highly suggest you pause this right now and go watch it, because if not, it's going to get spoiled really bad. Uh, so let's go ahead and hop into it. You know, we got mudslides, bodies in the deserts, dog on, dogs on cocaine, harpoon guns. I mean, yes. Fantastic, crazy stuff going on here. Uh, so let's talk about this this whole this body being found in the desert after twenty years. This is this is crazy to me. I've never seen. I've only seen this like in movies with mummies and stuff in ancient Egypt. I've never seen any mummified bodies. Um, but what were what were what were you all thinking about? Ali, I'll let you go first. What did you think first whenever you saw uh, this mummified body pop up after a mudslide? Yeah, I mean that's kind of what the show kicked us off with. And I quickly realized what type of show this was about to be. I was like, okay, they're really giving it to us right now. Exactly, I've never seen a body like that. And they left the camera on that body for so long. Like we not only saw the shocking like 
uh, body of this young kid who died. Um, but we saw like the details and it was really hard to look at. And so seeing our uh, character Zoe kind of study this body, I felt like we were right there with her watching it and it was a lot. And we saw her break down after it. And I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how else one would react to that because that was just a lot. Right, right. How would you would have reacted to it, Ashman? Well, like, you know, similar, when I saw the corpse there, like, naturally, I was like, is that what happens to a body after 20 years? Like, I thought everything would just completely disintegrate. But for the fact it was like, kind of still in its form and its shape, but just, you know, really, really 20 years, but it was still there, um, kind of in a body form. So that was interesting to me. I wasn't sure if that was like, you know, how it actually is, or if that was Hollywood playing a role. But um, looking at Zoe, I thought her reaction was so interesting because it's like, she is on this mission for her brother, right? And she sees his body. And I feel like energetically, she reacted to it. Like she ran over to it and just really felt that it was him without actually really even being able to identify anything concrete or factual about it. So I think it just goes to show how passionate Zoe is and how much love she had for her brother and their relationship because, I mean, she was just attached from, from that point on. Right, right. And when she saw it, it just like something, like something changed inside mm -hmm. of her, you know, chemically. Um, but let's get, I want to give it a little bit more uh, detail on the background here because this was in Almeria, Spain. Uh, this, is where this, this is where the body was found. And the body uh, does belong to the, uh, to the, to Alex. It's actually it's not Alex, Axel, sorry. Mm -hmm. It does belong to Axel, Axel, who is the brother of Zoe. But what's what else is interesting about this whole situation is that the land that this was found on. Now, this land belongs to and uh, Andreu, and he is a big, um, big mogul in Spain. And this pops up on his land. And for me, if that, if I was in his situation, in his shoes, and my bodyguard came to me and told me, "Hey, there's a body of an Englishman on your land." Whoa, I probably would have lost it. But I don't know, maybe some people might have been cooler under that pressure. I have a feeling that Ashman would be a little bit cooler under that pressure. The body was found on her land. You seem like you would be cool. Like, okay, well, it, I didn't put it there. I would be there, freaking so. out. I would be freaking out. Are you kidding me? Just the way, just the way Andrew is, right? He's like, why has this body showed up on my land? And now he's getting paranoid. Like, like, okay, is this a setup? Like, why is this showing up on my land and this name ringing 20 years later? So no, I don't think I would be calm. I would be on it with my head of security too, to say maybe we need to backtrack on this case because it's clearly coming up again. <laughs> yes. And Ali, what did, what did you think? What did you think about that when it's when it was found on this man's land? Because now the stakes are a little bit higher for other people in the story. Previously, we were with Zoe the whole time, but we switched mm -hmm. over to Andrew and now we're in his shoes. So what, what do you think, Ali? Right. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because we saw a little bit of Andrew and like his whole family dynamic and they're trying to create this whole like Las Vegas type of um, environment in Ibiza. And I love how uh, Andrew just called um, his son right during the huge meeting and just asked him point blank, like, did you murder Axel? 
and um, they didn't answer, but they did look very suspicious. So I definitely do think they had, they know something or something's going on there. And I think the dad knew and the fact that the body was on his land just goes as to show like how, how much is really going on and what we're about to find out about this family. And I don't know, just, it was really interesting. I didn't know what to think of it at first when the body was found there. But then when we saw more of the dynamic with the son and his behavior, I definitely think he's behind it right now. Yes, but let's, I, I'm with you with that 100%, but let's, let's put a pin in that for now because we, got, we can address that at the end because I'm pretty sure after we reveal all this and everyone at home listens and they can pretty much be on the same page too, if they're not. Uh, so right now, let's, let's talk about Zoe doing something super brave. Zoe just hops up, gets in a, a van with a stranger and decides to go to a pizza. And that's not just all of it. Like part of, another part of this is that once we're switching between Zoe and then her family dynamic and then also Andreu's family dynamic. And so now we have a no more drugs in a visa rule. And so how, how do you all feel about that? How, how do you all feel about those two? I'll, I'll let you start with it, uh, Ashman. Sure. I mean, I agree. Zoe was super brave. And um, I was actually surprised her husband let her go. Like, you know, I get that she's on a mission, but she, you know, there's a lot to be cautious of as well. And I feel like her husband, Mike, clearly seems like he's been totally supportive, like on this journey with her the entire time, because he even said it. He's like, our entire marriage has been consumed with you looking for your brother. And I guess it made sense because they have a child at home. So he's like, okay, I need to return back. But I think that, I think he looked into her eyes and trusted like, okay, there's no way I'm going to talk her out of this. Like, she's like, mm -hmm. I need you to trust me. This is the only way that I can return back to sanity. So he's kind of like, okay. And, and he's nervous. Like he made that comment. He's like, get a wheelchair ready for me. Your father is going to kill me without returning back home to you. Um, but she's, she's a woman on a mission. Um, I clearly she loves her brother. They had a very, very deep relationship. And I mean, any means necessary, she's going to get to the bottom of this and she's going to be relentless while she's doing it. So yeah, she, she jumped in that truck and found her way and even found her way to Marcus. I mean, and this is just episode one, right? Episode yes. one, she's already at Marcus's house. So, yeah. Yes. And let's <laughs> let's talk about that in just just a moment, because I want to address the drugs and Ibiza thing. So uh, Oreo, which is the son of Andrew, goes to all the big DJs of Ibiza at, at the clubs that they own and tells and delivers the message. Hey, no more drugs in the club until this casino deal is done. Now, for me, you know, if I were a club promoter or DJ, Number one, that in Ibiza, you got a bunch of kids coming in on holiday from all over the world, spring break, stuff like that, coming in there and doing drugs. Now, I am a man of morals, but at the same time, I am a man of business. So if I'm working in that line, you where the business is people partying and having fun and telling their friends and come back. Yeah, I would be worried about that. But to see how these gentlemen, you know, the DJs and the promoters rather took the news was a little funny. It was a little funny to, for me because these guys are still going at the boss, which I would never do in a thousand years. Well, what was going on? And what was going on for you, Ali, when you were witnessing all of that unfold? That whole mafioso, no more drugs in this, you know, in the club until we get our casino. 
Yeah, I I mean, to be honest, um, when I was first watching it, I had to go back a couple times because I was still trying to figure out like who was a part of what and why exactly, again, did they have to make that rule? Um, and then you kind of find out, okay, it's all for this casino. It's all for this like one end goal, um, which I understand. But again, like you said, I think that's taking out a huge part of what Ibiza is and why people are attracted to it. Like people go to have fun. This is also how the DJs and the club promoters and everyone kind of, that's their lifestyle. That's kind of how they make money and how they do what they do. So yeah, I think the whole casino thing and that whole family attached to that business is being a little selfish. And I think that, um, I don't know, like I can see both sides of that for sure. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. But yeah, no drugs in Ibiza. That's a crazy, that's a crazy thought. And that could really hurt the club business and the DJs and everything. So I don't know. Yes, and all of my, all of my friends that I that I I lived in Europe for a few years, and oh, Ibiza wow. was like the magical fantasy island that people would yeah. make it to. I've myself never been, but I've been told by numerous Europeans. I mean, all over Europe, to tell me to go to Ibiza, uh, um, not for the I drugs, for the party. Yes, of course, for the parties. Yes. Um, so you mentioned you you all mentioned something earlier when we were talking. Uh, you all were talking about. Uh, Oriol and Conchita on the phone with Andrew about um, with Andrew asking, "Did you kill the British man, Axel?" and how they took that. And so, for me, the son dead to rights looked guilty. I mean, really guilty. But still, there's a glimmer of doubt there whether he did it, set it up, or he knew something about it. Now, the mother, on the other hand, and I love this part where he just hands the phone to the mom, and the mom takes care of everything. She mm -hmm. entertains everybody at the same time while she's on the phone with him, Andrew, and then just goes back into a conversation, a professional. There was that, you know, that soapy, I'm really thirsty, now I'm gonna drink wine part. It's like, okay, something is wrong here. Somebody's up to something. And uh, you guys have already addressed it, but if you wanna hit it one more time and uh, let everybody know what you were thinking when you saw all that unfold. Um, you can go first, Ashman. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it just shows. Um, I think it showed the boldness of the dad. I mean, to one, there was a huge meeting that was happening at their house, and he didn't show up. And so mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, in his own way, he's not really. He he's aware of everything that's going on, but I don't know how much he's down with like the corruption of things, right? And I feel like the mom and son are kind of plotting and, you know, casino next level. Like everyone's very aware of what's going on with their businesses and just trying to get to the next level. And if that means corruption for him, it does. So I feel like with the dad, that was just a bold move. He knew what was happening at his house with the meeting. And he calls and he's just like, hey, did you kill him? Like, is my son a murderer? And you could see that the son, he got totally shocked about it because if he does know something about it, what, what a way to be caught off guard, right? Like all of a sudden you have to hold this poker face with all these people looking at you if you may know something about this. Whereas the mom, I mean, she just put on a complete show. Yes, she was nervous, but she just played it off like, oh, everything is good. I'll see you when you get back home. But I think we're going to see both the mother and son having to team up a little bit more because, because, because the dad doesn't want to be on that side 
or I don't really know because that's why he sent his security to say, find out, like we, we need to find out what happened to this kid. So yeah, I don't, I don't think he's really a part of it, but he may have an idea of his family members or people on his team possibly plotting and putting it on his land. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you, Allie, go ahead, Allie. Yeah, I totally agree, Ashman, with you on all of that. I do not trust the mother or the son right now. I don't think the dad does either. Um, and I think he's a man of just on it, like loyalty. And we saw the way he was with um, his dog King. And if you can show compassion for a dog, I, you know, you're gener generally a pretty trustworthy, good person. So I like the dad so far. And again, yeah, so far I, I trust him. I don't so much trust the, the son and the mom. Yes. I, you know what else I don't trust about the son and the mom? Their relationship in general. Did anybody catch that long kiss between yes, the mom? And that the, was weird. I've never kissed my mom like that. <laughs> <laughs> never. Yes, I, yes. Where did they do that at? And he like touched the lipstick after. Like, like what was that? Yeah. He was, yeah, he was like, oh, like what, what flavor is this? Like, what was oh, that about? That was, yeah, that was a little weird. But before we move on, I do want to talk about the dad one more time, uh, Andreu, because he said something prior to the meeting to his son, Oreo. He says, hey, take off your tie, roll up your sleeves, talk with these guys. These are our neighbors. These are countrymen. The dad is more of an old school stand-up guy. You know, he's there to make the business, all the, you know, to conduct the business. The blood part being on his hands, it doesn't seem like he is a fan of that. And Ali, going back to what you were saying about his dog, King, him having compassion for an animal like that, that shows his character, you know, tenfold, you know, that he is this type of person and the way he interacts with everyone, you know. I, I, I really, I'm a fan of the father too. Um, but uh, we'll put a pin in the father for right now because we want to talk about um, some, the next, the next uh, subject, which is Marcus. Marcus storing cocaine. <laughs> He's yeah. storing the cocaine because Oreo said there are no more there are no more drugs in the club. And so the dealers, they're still going to deliver. And the guy, the couriers, they're still going to carry it to the next place. They're going to take it to the next place. And they can't hold on to it. So they give it to Marcus forcefully. And not only do they, of course, when they give this to Marcus, it's a botched plan and some chaos ensues. Um, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about that, Allie. Go ahead and get into what, what you were seeing there. Oh, my gosh. I... I was everywhere from laughing during this whole part to being like absolutely worried because the cocaine, as we saw, was just falling out of this banana float, getting all over the ground. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I, I like Marcus. I think that we saw uh, a really good cute relationship back and forth with, with his daughters. And, um, but oh my goodness, when he did not even think about the dogs going and like sniffing and eating it off the ground. <laughs> I didn't like him for a minute. I was like, how dumb are you? Like to not think that your dogs are going to go out there and do that. Um, I, yeah. So I, I was a fan of him. Then I really wasn't. I was mad at him. <laughs> I went <laughs> back to liking him again. Um, when I kind of saw his relationship with Zoe again, I think there's a lot more to explore with his character, but he's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Well, Ali, I must say that is a massive range of <laughs> viewpoints to have on a character. Uh, how many viewpoints did you have on this character after seeing everything, Ashman? 
You know, I feel like Marcus, he's associated to a lot, like anywhere from, you know, being a father, we, we do see that he's responsible, even during that meeting, he's like, Oh, I got to go, I got to go pick up my girls, right? Mm -hmm. So so he is a father, he is responsible. He clearly seems very happy. I think he said he was like 44 years old. He's right. like, I'm 44 years old, the DJ in Ibiza, like the sun is shining, like I'm living a happy life. But he also has the... Um, you know, he, he has the whole cocaine aspect to him, like with that whole business and dealers, like no matter how you slice it or dice it, that business is going to get messy. Like people do not play, just like you said, like people like, like the delivery is still going to go on. The receiving is still going to happen. So whoever's the responsible party there, they're going to push it on the next because nobody wants to be on the bad side of things. So I think, and then we see he's Zoe's friend. Like when Zoe came to the door, he didn't push her away. If anything, he offered her a place to stay. He's like, if you need to crash here, crash. And then we see Boxer come after him, which was a whole nother scene. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, I just think he has his fingers dipped in a lot of different places. And a lot of people are going to be after him because I think he knows a lot. I agree. And let's, since you brought up Zoe and Boxer, we'll get to Boxer in a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Zoe just popping up on Marcus's doorstep. You know, once again, the bravery of Zoe. Hopped in a truck, took the truck to Ibiza, hopped out of the truck, hopped on a Vespa, went to, you know, Marcus's place out in the country and just shows up. And for me, I, I, it sucked for me a little bit for her, I believe, because you know, she shows up and she knows who Marcus is, but Marcus does not know, you know, who she is. And I, I understand, you know, I, I feel like she's kind of feel like she's been forgotten, just like her brother has been forgotten for 20 years until recently when they found him. Uh, what, what did you guys think uh, after, you know, uh, Marcus has the whole thing with the cocaine, you know, making like a football stadium with his little cocaine lines. And then after he gets that sorted, Zoe pops up. <laughs> what were you thinking? What were you thinking, Allie, whenever Zoe, when the peephole opens and Zoe's face is on the other <laughs> side of it? Um, I was excited because at this point I kind of liked Marcus and I like Zoe. So I was like, oh, they're friends. Cool. Okay. So I was excited to explore um, their past to see if they were maybe like romantically involved with each other or if it was just friendly. But yeah, when she was walking by, I was like, is she smart enough to maybe put the two together? She knows he's a DJ. I'm sure she's aware that he used to be a part of this business. So I was kind of like on the edge of my seat, like, oh gosh, does she know what that is? Um, she didn't at first. And so yeah, I was just excited to see their relationship. She was keeping it really light and friendly. And then she just kind of dropped the question, the big one, like, what do you know about my brother's death? And he just... Seemed a little sus there. Like he he wasn't really giving her uh, honest answers, I felt like. So I don't know. I don't think she trusts him. Okay. And Ashman, do you trust? Do, do you trust him? Do you trust Marcus here? Do I trust Marcus? No, I don't trust Marcus. Like I said, no. You know, I think I think he has his fingers dipped in too many places, and that's why everyone's coming after him. So I think Zoe is playing it super cool. Like we kind of hear her say, she's like, "I don't trust him, but I'm gonna play play friendly because I believe he knows more than what he's um, 
that he's alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's a good plan for her. I, th- I think she needs to yeah. kind of be kind of cool and see who's all a part of this story before she kind of goes, you know, pointing fingers and all that stuff because she, she has a lot to learn about who's really involved. Hmm. True. Well, for me, I trusted him a little bit. I mean, so Marcus to me is not, he's harmless. He's like a goofy old dad that shouldn't have been DJing as long as he has. He's 44, (laughs) still DJing in clubs with 19 and 20 years old, 20 year olds. And I feel that he's like harmless. So whenever she popped up, it was more of like, oh man, what is Marcus going to do? Because he has a line of cocaine. The dogs are doing cocaine in the backyard. And now Zoe, the person who will not go away once she's found her brother's body, is now showing up on his doorstep. I'm thinking, how is he involved as well? But when we, and I want to talk about this real quick before we move on. There's a lot of flashbacks that connect, um, you know, these people together. And me, myself, I'm not the biggest fan of flashbacks, but these flashbacks, I didn't mind too much because number one, you need them. And number two, it adds more context to the characters that you are seeing on screen. So you get to see a little bit of young Marcus and Marcus is still the same person as he was when he was 16 or 17 uh, in court as he is now at 44 with kids and a DJ. Um, So with with Marcus guys, uh, one last thing about Marcus. Um, Do you, do any of you, did any of you expect Marcus to have kids in the beginning? Because I, for me, I didn't expect him to have any kids. I thought he was like an old bachelor. So, you know, so when I see the kids, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. These kids, where did they come from? Okay. What do you, what do you think, Ashman? I, I got to say, I wasn't surprised. I mean, he's, he's in the club scene. Abisa's <laughs> filled with beautiful women. You know, you know, Mark has had some fun in his day. So, no, I wasn't surprised, surprised to see him with some kids. Well, <laughs> what's interesting about the whole thing with, uh, with him, with his kids is that his kids actually are fathered by, or excuse me, mothered by a woman he grew up with in Manchester. And now you see her here and she's like running a sex club. So, or, or I don't know what to call that. It looked like something yeah. out of the movies, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, Allie, maybe you can help me figure this one out because I'm still scratching my head like what's happening. <laughs> I don't think I can either. Um, I definitely, there's still a lot to learn about her. And I'm really intrigued by her character um, uh, and just all of their relationships together. So I really, yeah, I think we're going to learn more next episode, I hope, because I am right. interested to see more about her. But I, I don't know what that was either. So, Ashman, what did you think of the surprise orgy that popped up? It was a I mean, surprise to me. <laughs> honestly, I was like, I was like, is this a thing that goes on out there? Like, I've never been there. No, seriously. But right. I was like, I've never yeah. been there. I know that they're like a lot more open in their sexuality and all that stuff. So I'm like, maybe, maybe this is a thing. And she's kind of the head person that runs this. I was shocked actually by seeing the son there. Yes. Son. Like that whole scene. I'm like, okay, look at this guy. Like on one level, he tries to present himself as this you know suit and tie like I'm really above everybody else and next thing you know like he's like in the sex club enjoying himself to the fullest so um that's the part that really stood out to me about about him in that scene yes well let's talk let's talk about how 
we have this whole sex club thing going on at, at this time. And at the same time, we have Boxer showing up to interrogate Marcus. Well, it starts off as a conversation, but then it turns into an interrogation really quickly. And I love the little line, the little joke that, um, that Boxer had about the cocaine. Oh, I've always wanted to do this, plant cocaine in the garden and water and watch <laughs> yeah. it grow. You know, I was dying when I first heard that because, yeah, it looked like, okay, are you trying to sow cocaine this way or that? And I don't think you can grow cocaine that way. I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure you can't grow it from powder. Um, but what did you all think whenever Boxer turns from friend casually asking him questions to like crazy interrogating, like from all those cop shows or any movies where somebody's in like Vietnam captured by the enemy? I mean, he went old school and and wrapped a, a water hose around someone's neck and, you know, like <laughs> all these things. What, what were you thinking when you saw all of that unfold so quickly, Ashman? I was surprised. Like when I saw Boxer show up, I was like, okay, this guy is on a mission, but I did not expect him to change his role so quickly. I thought he was going to get in there, be a little smooth about it, ask a few questions, right? but not by any means uh, just turn as quickly as he did. And I feel like it was a part of his plot because he kind of knew exactly what weapon he was going to use. Like I, I get he didn't know what the approximate, uh, how close everything would be, but he kind of offers him the beer. He throws it directly in the pool and he's like, oh, this is too hot. And when Marcus goes to get it, he just jumps on him and went to aggression on another level. Um, I mean, I feel like I feel like he would have damn near killed him if Zoe didn't come out and kind of like save him. So mm -hmm. that just goes to show like Marcus or what's his name? The security boxer boxer. Yeah, he is not playing. He is definitely loyal to Andreu and um, he's going to shake up anybody he needs. And he's not he's not afraid to. Uh, go go zero to a hundred real quick and that's exactly what we see him do okay and i i'm with you i i was surprised too but um ali did you did you foresee any of that coming i, I know he's a security guard but we see him super smooth and soft-spoken prior to this did you see anything any possibility of this happening um no yeah because he showed up being all friendly and cool and i i kind of got this vibe that they were friends a little bit i thought if anything he would you know shake him up a little bit maybe throw a punch or something but yeah i think i totally agree he was ready to take um marcus's life um and uh, i don't think he maybe intended to in, intended to but it definitely seemed that way but I loved what we saw from Zoe. Um, she is not messing around. She's a badass. And she literally, um, what did she shoot him with again? Yes, a, harp, a harpoon gun. That's what she yeah. shot him with. That's what it was. Yeah, that was, I, I was so happy she was there because yeah, I did not know what was going to happen with Marcus. And I was kind of like, Zoe, hurry up, hurry up. Because it felt like it was going so slow. And I thought he was going to die for a minute. It was stressful. But um, yeah, Zoe saved the day. Well, let's talk about Zoe saving the day. Zoe did something that I totally didn't see in her character, which yeah. from from the beginning, I mean, come on, she hopped in a truck with a stranger and then she drove through the countryside on a Vespa in a country she's not from to knock on a stranger's door. And so, well, not a stranger. I mean, to her, he is a stranger. He not presently because she hadn't seen him in so many years. Um, but then to go from that to like now you're, 
doing gangster stuff. This is gangster stuff. You know, you got to the count of three to pull them out of the pool or I'm going to shoot you with this harpoon gun. Number one for me, a harpoon. I mean, I, I, yes, it was the only weapon available in there, but who uses a harpoon gun that's not in the water? Like, once again, this is like something that, I don't know, I would see it like a comedy movie, you know, someone going to shoot you with a harpoon gun. But then she actually does. So what was going on for you when that happened, Ashton? What was going on when you saw her? Well, it's implied they cut from that. But what was going on in your head whenever you saw Allie, not Allie, excuse me, <laughs> Zoe show up with the harpoon gun? I was like, Zoe has aim. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I personally, I wouldn't even have thought of that, right? Like she kind of looks around, there's a knife and a few other things. And she went for, I mean, if you think about it, like it's almost kind of thought out. She went for the weapon that she can be at a distance with and still hit her target, right? Like a knife, it requires you to be a little bit more like up close and personal and there could be a fight. But she's obviously confident in her skills. And I agree with you, Ali, like she's not playing. She was mm -hmm. like, the funny thing is she's like, I'm not done with Marcus yet. So you better let yes. him live. <laughs> right. She's like, I have right. a few more questions. And um, and I think we really see on her character that she's she's gonna she's gonna go to anyone she needs to and do what she needs to to get the answers that she's looking for. And she's she's not afraid. Yes. And Ali, since you already covered it, uh, I won't have you beat a dead horse or shoot it again with a harpoon gun. <laughs> um, but what I want, the final thing I want to get your, got you all thoughts on is the last, the last scene or the last shot pretty much for, for, for the show, which is Boxer, Zoe, and Marcus walking out of the hospital together like friends. And you see Boxer walking with the limp with the bandage around his leg. And these guys are just walking out. And for me, honestly, I laughed my ass off because at that point I was like, okay, this show is going to get dark and sillier and I'm loving it because you have three people who are not friends who now are friends walking out of the police, excuse me, walking out of the hospital with no police involved, by the way, which that's another thing. You shot a man with a harpoon gun and now all of you are walking out together as friends with no police. What were you thinking when that happened, Allie? Um, same. I, I love how this show can just be funny, even though it's so dark and so like, I don't know, it's just so serious, but yet it makes us just kind of like, what, you know, like laugh a little bit. I, I think I'm hoping next episode, we kind of see a different dynamic with them. Like maybe they are friends somewhere, or maybe mm -hmm. Zoe does even know Boxer. Um, she spent some time there. We don't know a lot about what went down, but we're learning a little bit. So, but yeah, the fact that they all walked out together, I don't know, that was wild. That didn't really make sense, so. <laughs> yes, but a a Ashman, how are you feeling about the new three amigos leaving the hospital? I thought it was funny because all three of them look worn out to me. Like, they, just, <laughs> <laughs> yes. they just all came out of the same war zone together, right? They were all after each other. So um, it was funny and it was interesting to see um, what's going to kind of happen from this dynamic now. We have two people looking for um, more details on Zoe's brother. And we have Marcus kind of the floater in the middle. And he has all this cocaine on his hands. So it's like, I think um, just seeing them all come together and get ready to walk out together kind of 
shows that we're going to see a lot more of these three in episodes to come, whether they're rivals against each other or they join forces. But I think we got some of our uh, some of our lead characters in this episode. Yes, and I I love the moment once again because it's one of those crazy dark comedic moments along with the dog doing cocaine the dogs doing cocaine and I don't know if any of you caught this I did and if any of you at home listening caught this uh with the little poodle dancing in the background yes. he's like dancing in circles in the background after it did cocaine and just I was like at least he's it. having fun yeah oh my goodness I was so yes. worried I, they didn't tell us what happened but I'm assuming that they're fine oh yeah they're <laughs> fine they just did a well, lesson learned. We know that a little cocaine apparently doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah. dogs. Um, I wouldn't say try it. I'd say drugs are bad, okay? But um, let's get into our special segment. Allie, you're going to go ahead and take that away for us? Oh, Ashman, you got special oh, segment. Oh, Ashman, you yeah. have I'll special. do some I'm news sorry. later. No, sorry no about worries. that. Guys, so for special segment, um, I have some fun facts, and I thought we should learn a little bit more about Ibiza itself since... Uh, this is exactly where the show is taking place. So four different things. Um, one, Ibiza is located on the Balearic Islands in Spain. So very often when people refer to Ibiza, they're like, oh, it's in Spain, it's in Spain. But actually it's a cluster of islands where Ibiza itself is located. Uh, second thing is the correct pronunciation of the island's name is actually Ibiza. So we're used to saying it as Ibiza, Ibiza, but act in how they pronounce it over there, it's Ibiza with an E. Wow. Yeah, right? Ibiza. And I think they said that. I, I heard them pronounce it differently. And I remember thinking, wow, have we been all saying that wrong? So totally, yeah. totally. So I'm like something for us and our fans watching, right? We're always going to bring content that we could all learn from. And now we know the correct uh, pronunciation of this place. Also, there are 57 different beaches in Ibiza, just on that island within itself, 57 different beaches. Wow. And my sources on all this is actually different travel sites that recommend for travelers and tourists and so forth. And lastly, Ibiza attracts 6 million tourists per year. So you can only imagine why the club scene and the party scene is such a big place because it's like it's literally what people go there for. So whether it's, yeah. you know, the weather, the beaches, but the partying and the cocaine, it all seems to go hand in hand <laughs> with the with, with the Avisa party and nightlife way. So that's what I have wow. for you guys. Wow. Ashman, yeah. how many islands like, did you say there were in there? In not, that cluster? not island. Um, or, I had 57 different beaches. 57 different beaches. Okay. Yes. Okay. See, I didn't know that. I wasted my time in Europe three years and I didn't <laughs> go to not one of the 57 beaches. I had three years to do this. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, you can um, always go back. Yes. yes. Now, now that the casino is open, with you. I can go back. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much for for your special sec. Or excuse me, yeah, special segment, Ashman. Um, if Allie's ready to do the news, I'll go ahead and yeah. let her do her thing. Yeah, I have a little bit of fun facts as well. So I was going to talk about our girl Zoe, who is played by Laura Haddock, um, which you guys may recognize. 
her from uh, Transformers, and she was also in Guardians of the Galaxy. She was also married to Sam uh, Active, which I love him. But they have two kids together, but they are now divorced. But how she uh, actually came to find her role of Zoe in The White Lines, I thought was really cool. So after watching Money Heist and loving it, apparently she decided she really wanted to work with Alex Pina, I think, is the uh, creator of White Lines, as well as Money Heist. And so as soon as she saw Money Heist, she was obsessed and telling all of her friends, like, oh, I really want to work with him. That would just be amazing. And then about like four days later, she said she got the script for White Lines in the mail. So she was joking like, oh my gosh, the universe like totally heard me, which I thought was so cool. And I'm all into that like law of attraction stuff, like put it out there vision boards, all of that. So yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Wow. I didn't know yeah. any of that. I, honestly, I, I don't remember her from Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd have to go back and revisit it and see, try to yes. see if I could find her. But she that's... played, oh, she played Chris Pratt's mom. Oh. That past. So she was in like a little, a few scenes, but oh, yeah. Okay. I know I have to go back to. Wow. We le I learned something new every day. Um, <laughs> and with you two, I just learned a couple of new things. I never heard of this actress beforehand. And thank you for sharing that. And on behalf of the people at home, I'll thank you for sharing that because I'm pretty sure not all of you at home knew this. Well, some of you might have, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so one more thing I want to get into before we go is predictions for next week. Or, or the next episode. I'll let you start off with this. Now, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I think we're definitely going to see more of Zoe and Marcus. I think we're going to uh, learn more about their past. I do think they had a little bit of a romance going on uh, 20 years prior. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, maybe, I mean, I know Zoe's married, but I could see some stuff going on there. Maybe they just uh, become friends, but I'm interested to see their dynamic a little bit. And I think we're going to learn a little bit more about who's involved and who's behind Axel's death. And finally, at least get an idea of like, okay, who are really the bad guys? Who are the good guys? Because we think we know, but we're still a little iffy on everything. So yeah, I hope next episode we see a little bit more of a like, get a, okay. get a little more answers. Okay, I'm all for answers. I'm all for <laughs> answers. Uh, what about you, Ashman? What do you What do you think is going to happen here in the next upcoming episodes? Sure. Yeah, we're going to get deeper into this conquest about what really happened to Zoe's brother Axel Collins. Um, I think we might get more results about the body. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe some DNA results. But I think we're going to get a little bit closer into actually saying if we can identify this is uh, Axel Collins or not. I think we're also going to learn a lot more about the family dynamic with Andreu, his wife, the son, like that, that phone call he made to them. That's not going to be the end of it. I think we're going to see and hear a lot more conversation about, you know, what Andreu is alluding to um, and all that stuff. And uh, Zoe's going to continue staying on her mission. And Boxer is going to keep finding other other people involved and keep reporting back uh, as a good head of security and do his best to give Andreu what, what he needs to know also. And I also just want to say for our five people that have been in our live chat, they've been with us, watching us the entire show, and I highly encourage them to write in our live chat. I'm right here. 
I'll get your responses. You could discuss it with us. So feel free to leave your predictions for the next episode and we can talk about that a little bit more too. Yes, live chat. I have a saying. It's it's it goes, don't spectate, participate. <laughs> <laughs> don't just Love stand it. there and watch. That. Give us some tea. Give us some yeah. some complaints. Give us some some praise for what you liked on the show. You guys make this show run continuously and we thank you for it. Um, but my prediction, uh, real quick, I think we're gonna see a little bit more from the Romanians. I mean, because they're two huge buff like menacing characters i'm pretty sure they're gonna come back there's no way that you you know you see these guys in the cool like happy-go-lucky way they are throwing the cocaine off the boat <laughs> you you were gonna see some i forgot before. about them You're yeah right. I, I can't forget about them because <laughs> it just stuck out too much to me i'm like okay these are some big buff rough looking guys and then they're yeah. on the on the on the boat throwing cocaine over and dancing like okay i'm pretty sure we're gonna see some bad stuff from them um, also, I think we're going to see some even crazier stuff from Zoe. Zoe proved that she's got some serious guts and you don't mess with her family. So we see that. And I, I think that's, I, I think another thing, I think we're going to explore that in further episodes too, just the power of family and what it means, you know, to have family on your side and to have your family's back. Um, but uh, we're out of time and I want to thank everybody who watched and or listened. Um, I want to thank <laughs> Allie and Ashman for joining me here and giving me some crazy cool stuff to know and learn and to actually research even more because I didn't know any of this stuff. Um, in the meantime, where can we find you guys at? I'll let you go ahead and go ahead, um, Ashman. Sure. You could find me on Instagram at Insights by Ish. Okay. And you, Allie? Yes, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Alexandra James. Yes, and once again, you, my name is Rob, and you can find me on Instagram at Rob Stilo. That's R-O-B-S-T-E-L-O. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, once again, we will be back at this later on today at 6 p.m., right, guys? No, 6? 8? 8. 6, 8 p.m. Sorry about that. <laughs> so 8 p.m., you guys can come back and check us out again. And if you're in the live chat, remember, <laughs> participate, don't spectate. All right. You guys have a good one. Thank you for tuning in once again. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.